Hello and welcome to episode 93 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. Day later than usual this week, but I'm back with a fun show featuring two very different guests from the the darting world. The first up is a player, the 2022 Denmark Masters champion James Richardson, with Show Nights promoter Wayne Dobinson calling in later in the show to discuss the Andy Fordham Memorial Open he's running later this year. First up, though, is James, who beat Jella Klaassen to win his maiden WDF title at the start of the month. James and I discussed the emotion of that title win, coming close to, to a title victory in a number of WDF events last year, how the Online Darts Live League has helped him keep sharp over the last couple of years, that memorable nine darter against his son Josh, his Lakeside debut in April, and his recent health kick. I'm now delighted to be joined by Ruthless James Richardson. James, how are you? Yeah, well, I'm fine, thank you. Um, how's, how's you? Are you okay? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, James. You're you're coming off a, a very good weekend in Denmark, semi-finals of the Open, and then you won the Masters. Going out there, were you feeling confident of a big run? Um, I always feel confident um, in competitions. That's a big part of my game, always go into the room knowing or thinking I can win these and that's the attitude I have. And I know those WDF weekends, it was the same when you are on the Pro Tour as well. You know, it's a long day on the, the Saturday and then you've got to sort of rally and go again on the Sunday. So after you lost it to Darren in the Open, how did you sort of like wind down and recharge yourself for the Masters on Sunday? Uh, well, we uh, went back to the hotel and just, um, well, got the bite to eat and just relaxed and chilled out for the rest of the evening and uh, got a good night's sleep up early because it's an, an early start and just, just recharge batteries, dust down, recharge batteries and you hope for the best and luckily it all paid off for me on the Sunday. It certainly did and your yeah. opponent in that Masters final was Yellow Class and someone you know from the PDC tour, but also I think you played him in the Open on the Saturday, didn't you? Yeah, we met in the uh, second round, and uh, the, in that game it was a deciding leg, um, and I nicked it, uh, like I nicked it um, Sunday. Uh, it was a very, very tight game. It was quite a high-quality final as well, but something I noticed... You're not normally a massively emotional player on stage, but when you took out that forty-four to win, there were there were tears in your eyes. Why why were you so emotional with that win? Um, I don't cry when I win matches. Uh, there was other circumstances why I uh, broke down in tears. Um, I'll say last week um, we lost. Kevin uh, lost her dad. We lost my father-in-law, and it's been a, a tough. Tough week for us at home, and um, my emotions just come out with that. I, it wasn't nothing to do with winning the game, winning the um, final. I, I won it, and um, I was just thinking of my family and thinking of my father-in-law who has passed away, bowel cancer. It just just brought me just brought me uh, so emotional. Yeah, of course, I can imagine. Well, sorry. For your loss, first of all, that's something I want to say to you. But with that happening so so soon before the event, did you consider actually not going to Denmark? No, not at all. Um, we was 100% committed to go to Denmark. Uh, 
cowing and said, let you go in. You do want to do your best. And uh, that's what we've done. Um, we spoke to him, manager Will, and it was the same. You just go, enjoy yourself, and go and play darts. And that's what we've done. Well, it certainly paid off, and I'm sure that, that was a win dedicated to him. It was, yeah. I dedicated that win to uh, my father, Lord Peter. And um, I don't know if you see on the cameras, I looked up to the Evans and pointed up to him. And I said, that's for you. Oh, that's lovely. Sort of looking back a bit before that event, last time me and you spoke, you just won the remote darts league, which seems a, a really long time ago now. But in that time, you were a regular, or in the time since then, should I say, you've been a regular in the Modus League or the Online Darts League. How good is the setup there for, for players like yourself? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I mean, you're playing in a, a little room, but um, very quiet. But you've got players in there that are non-talkout holders, but uh, they're world class. So you've only got to look at the averages and the scoring. And you can't, you can't, but there's no way for better practice than playing on the online league. Apart from the Pro Tour, it, you know, it's just absolutely superb what uh, Modus have done to, you know, to get this going, and it's growing. Um, more and more players are getting involved in this, and it just seems it's going to get bigger and bigger and better. I think, it's mm. gonna, yeah, it's great. Absolutely, and also I suppose the the shorter format as well, being best of seven. I'm sure that helps you on the WDF tour when a lot of the earlier rounds are the same format. That's it. In Denmark, uh, the the um, format was best of seven. And like in the, the modus, you have to get out of the traps quick and fast and make sure you get the legs up on the board. And the way it helped, I'll, I'll take, yeah, it helped. Help with that, but yeah. Yeah. Now, during your, your games in the online league, you've consistently played well, but... There's one game that I really wanted to, to talk about, and I'm sure you know the one I mean. When you hit the nine data in the deciding leg to beat your son, Josh, I can imagine you probably never experienced anything like that before in darts. What are your memories of that game and that moment? Well, I remember it like yesterday, really. I mean, it's two years ago now. You don't know when things can happen like that. And the one that they were saying the nine data just just happened and Josh didn't play too bad in that leg he hit two one forties and he was right behind me in the, in the leg and the scoring and um, I popped it out and it was an amazing feeling um, well, especially hitting it against my son because I, I put him in his place <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's too he's he's that good now he can. Do the same to me. Uh, we've, next week, I'm in the modus all week, and Josh comes into it first in Friday, so there's a chance we could meet, and he could do one back on me quite easily. <laughs> and uh, when that nine data went in, how did he actually react to it all? Oh, he was so happy for me. Really happy. Now, something else you, you've sort of done in the last couple of years, you won one of the inaugural modern amateur darts MAD belts they were a bit new at the time a bit different how was the experience of sort of winning that and the the couple of defences you had with that how were those experiences for you they were really good I mean I I took the title off John O'Shea first of all Um, that was when we was in kind of lockdown and um, we we played behind doors closed doors sorry Um, no crowd just a camera it was well, not very good atmosphere. You know, it was just one of them. We 
couldn't he couldn't do really nothing about it and at the time. And I uh, played John and the only other defence I've had is um uh Robert Thornton. Uh went up there last year and uh, defended my title there. And that's all I've done in two years with that. Um just still waiting for people to place a bid to come and play me. So if there's anyone out there who thinks they're good enough to take the belt off me, come and get it. <laughs> so I was, I was going to ask you the, the status with that now. Are you sort of still the champion and still going to be defending that now they've rebranded to ADC? ADC, I'm still the uh, yeah, I'm still the champion. And uh, the problem is when, when all these uh, bells have been um, played, I'm either playing modus or I've qualified for something else, and it's quite hard to turn up at these ADC events. When things opened up again last year and you, you started playing on the, the WDF Tour again, you seemed to be playing consistently well in all the events and then when you eventually got knocked out in them, it was you know 4-3 or 5-4, often to Brian Roman. Although, obviously, it was disappointing for you to, to lose those tight games, does always making sort of the last 16 quarterfinal, semifinal of those bigger events, does that give you confidence that you know you're playing among the best players there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it just proves me games in a, such a good place at the minute. And, uh, you know, to reach your, your last 16 quarters, and I made a semis, I think, last year at the Welsh. I, don't, I think it was only the silver event um, against Jim Williams. And I led that match. I was one leg away, and I think I was three legs clear, and I lost it. And I think that was to get to the final. And against Jim, you know, he's a world-class player. And, yeah, me game's such a, in such a good place in the, in the WDF. Now, you qualified for, for Lakeside, I think it was October, November, you were guaranteed of your place, and you were prepping to play in January, and then it got pushed back to April. How did you respond when you heard that the tournament had been delayed? Very disappointed, to be quite honest, because uh, like every player, we're all geared up to play on that certain date. And then it's got pushed back and you think, you know, oh, here we go. We're just hoping nearer the time it's going to get cancelled again. I hope not. It didn't. But um, but at the, at the end of the day, when we played in April, it was won really well. And I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the... I've never played on the lakeside stage. And such an experience. And it was very good. I really enjoyed it. You know, the crowd was good. The atmosphere was... Spine tingling, you walk through them doors, my spine tingled. And um, you go on that stage and you, you grace the stage with the greats, Eric, Phil, John Lowe, Jockey, Bob Anderson, this goes on, Bobby George, Cliff Lazarenko, all these greats have played on there. And like my son Josh, world champion, he played on there. And uh, I had the chance to play on that stage and it was really, the fire was really good. I thought the fire was absolutely brilliant. And, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. You've played at Alexandra Palace four times before, and we spoke about that last time. How did the, the lakeside stage compare? Because it's a lot smaller, a lot more compact up there. It is. Uh, the lakeside stage, obviously, you've got the crowds in there. You can't control the crowds. Uh, the atmosphere, it, you know, it, it's it's electric at the Ali Pali. Um yeah, I played there a number of times, and uh, compared to Lakeside, Lakeside's more, um, uh, they give you order, so you, 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 the, the bases are not really much, not well, hardly any noise when you throw it out, they always respect your throwing, 
but when you hit the scores, they all cheer. Um, completely different. Uh, something I had to get used to, and I'll hopefully, well, I think I am already qualified for next year with the points I've got now. I should make the top 48, and uh, but mind you, there's loads of comps left yet to win a gold event and secure it anyway. At the, the Lakeside, you beat Sebastian Steyer in the first round and then lost a tight one to, to Scott Marsh in the second. How would you assess your, your performances? Yeah, the first game, um, not very good. Uh, you know, it was hit or miss. But uh, I thought I controlled the game, but then Sebastian uh, had a bit of a patch. he come back at me a little bit and I thought, just keep, keep cool, just keep chipping away. And uh, we got over the winning line. And then we had Scott, and I felt really good. Uh, took the first set against the throw. The second set was the one when it went two legs all, and I was so far in front, and I missed a double. Then I missed again. Then I think I missed again and let him in, and he hit the set. Then he wiped the floor me in the third set, three nil. Then I come back at him, but it was too late then. Yeah. Yeah, bit, bit disappointing there, but I think that second set. If I'd nick that second set. Who knows? And uh, as you say, you're on good course to qualify for, for next year. So I'm sure you'll be wanting to, to go even further next time round and maybe even win on that stage like your son did all those years ago. Definitely. I've had a taste of the stage now and uh, know to what to expect. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, getting onto the stage again. And then from along there, we go to Q School and we decide what the year holds for next year then. Mm. For sure. Looking at this year, I know you're off to the, the Welsh Classic, the Welsh Open this weekend, and then you mentioned you've got Modus the week after that. What else is on the horizon for you in terms of competitions in the next couple of months? Well, basically, well, just uh, the WDF events. We've got the um, there's one in Somerset at Dolly uh, Camp, and then we've got Devon, there's one down Devon and Brillington. Um, I'm off to Amsterdam, uh, not Amsterdam, is it Amsterdam, the Dutch Open? I'm going to that one, and basically just them events and a bit of modus, and uh, that's all I should be doing this year towards Lakeside, really. I've got to ask one last thing with you. I've noticed that you've recently invested in some uh, new cooking equipment when you go away to these darts events. What have been the, the highlights of the menu so far? <laughs> yeah, well, it all stems at home. I'm, I'm trying to um, get a bit fitter. I'm doing a lot of walking in, in well, when I'm not working, I go out and I do long walks, uh, just trying to lose a bit of weight and uh, get a bit healthier and fitter on the um, on the hockey. Because um, I'm not no young spring chicken anymore, and uh, so I decided to eat healthier. And I thought, well, you know, we're going away. You spend all this money on this rubbish fast foods, and it's no good for you. So I thought, well, well, do I'll take me crock pot and well, down late, so we took the ninja crock pot, my omelet maker. So I had the omelettes for breakfast, and then we decided to either use the ninja for dinner or would do a, like a stew and dumplings or a casserole or a chilli or something in the uh, slow cook, and that's way forward. I'm off to Wales this weekend, I should be uh, taking my crock pot with me and preparing my food before I go darts, and when I come back, job done. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, are you starting to feel the benefits of the eating healthier and the, the walking and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, in the mornings I've been going out on four and a half mile walks around uh, the, my town, Rushton. And um, I'll say cutting out bread and pastries and 
drinking plenty of water. Uh, that was the main thing with me, the bread and pa- uh, pastries mm. and the snacking in between. Uh, packed all that in, just, just trying to eat healthier and cut down. Little bits come off. Uh, lost a stone in a bit. Mm. I feel it in my top so I can wear, so, yeah, just crack on with it and hopefully I can keep up with it. But the problem is when you're away as well, you like this week, you're drinking and you've got a snack and, you know, you got there's no... no it, escape from it but um you just got to control it absolutely and uh, are we still managing to fit in the odd vindaloo here and there uh, uh, now and again see that's another thing it's it's all fast food and uh, we treat ourselves now and again to a curry and uh, yeah not too often <laughs> well thank you so much for your time tonight james i really appreciate it and i wish you the best of luck in wales and for, for the rest of the season as well Really enjoyed catching up with James last week. It was nice to hear him talk about trying to be a bit healthier and get a bit leaner as well. I remember Paul Brown of the Big Five Sports Management Group coming on the show before and talking to me about taking slow cookers to Q School to try and get his players eating a bit healthier during the week and, and having fewer takeaways. Stuff like that might seem like a small thing, but it can really make so, such a big difference to, to performance and the way you feel, especially in you know longer weekends or longer competitions. So, yeah, fair play to James for, for doing it. And to be perfectly honest, the way he's been playing recently, whatever he's doing it is paying off. Obviously, he played so well in Denmark, and then this past weekend was in action at the Welsh Open weekend in Prestatyn. In the Classic, he played really well and his final result of a last 32 place probably wasn't a reflection on just how good he was. He had the best overall average in the Classic by quite a way and two of the best five averages recorded in the competition were from him. He went out in the last 32 to the eventual winner, Barry Copeland. Barry was 2-1 down but produced finishes of 84, 87 and 92 to win that 4-2. Uh, and James was on a finish, I think, in, in all three of those legs that he lost. So played very well. And, and, you know, that was on Friday. A couple of days later, came back for the Open on the the Sunday and again showed that good quality form to reach the semi-finals. Uh, that means from his last four WDF ranking events, his results read semi-finalist, title winner, last 32 semi-finalist, which is very good going and as well as anyone else on the tour is playing right now. In the Open, he beat the likes of Neil Duff and Wayne Warren before losing in the semi-finals to the eventual winner, Luke Littler. Yeah, so all in all, James is playing really good right now, so it was, it was nice to have him back on the show to talk about his form. And I would expect that we'll be seeing him towards the business end of a lot more competitions this year. He's fifth in the world right now, and I wouldn't bet against him going higher than that before the end of 2022, heading into next year's World Championships. But moving on to the, the review of the Welsh Open weekend, I thought it was really good standard for the most part. It's so good having those big comps on Dark Connect. And it's probably worth mentioning that during the weekend, I was helping out the WDF with some tweets from their account as well. So you might have seen a few of those during the weekend. I suppose one of the big stories coming out the weekend was just how well Luke Littler played. Again, I think we're all running out of superlatives to chuck at the 15-year-old because he just takes everything in stride and just plays so well, so consistently. And he doesn't really seem phased by anything. And I think you look at his age 
and you look at you know his relative experience at the top level and you think we're barely scratching the surface of what he's capable of and he's already won two of the bigger titles on the WDF tour and he's not even left school yet um it's crazy it's really crazy in wales he did the youth double and recorded uh, four ton plus averages during the weekend and of course won that men's open he went out early in the, the men's classic but probably kept him quite refreshed for the open where he just absolutely blitzed through the field you know he beat some decent players to to get to that final lots of Wendell Levi from Belgium Haber Thomas from Wales Thomas Lovely Anthony Allen, who I want to give a mention to because Anthony's not really managed to find top form yet this year. But I think in Wales, he had a really good weekend, played some phenomenal stuff during the weekend and looked at the top of his game, which is great to see because Anthony's a a lovely guy and a great player as well. So it was nice to see him close to his best during the weekend. Obviously, Luke beat James Richardson as well in the semi-final and then in the final he knocked off Wes Newton 6-2 it was uh, Wes's first ranking final in nine years which is crazy to think it's been that long for the Warrior but he looked like he'd found some form again and will likely be doing some more of the tour events this year with the likes of Lee Shewan and Jordan Brooks so uh, potentially we could be seeing Wes back on that World Championship stage next year which would be Quite cool if he's able to play as well as he seemed to for, for large parts of the weekend in Wales. I touched on it a couple of minutes ago, but the, the men's classic was won by Northern Ireland's Barry Copeland. It was great to see Barry win a first ranking title. He lost the Irish Open final to Luke Littler last year, uh, but he played superbly. Looked really good in the warm-up competition on the Thursday. I think he was a semi-finalist in that one, and then got all the way down to the final on Friday in the Classic before coming back on the Sunday to to win the final on the stage. The biggest thing for him really in that run on Friday were the combination finishes, like the ones I mentioned he took out against James Richardson. Uh, In the quarterfinals, he beat Ian Jones, the England Open finalist, the Whippet. Uh, And in the semis, he beat a first-time WDF semi-finalist. It was a former BDO director, Martin Moore, which was an interesting name to see do well. Uh, the man Barry beat in a, a good quality Welsh Classic final was Graham Hall, who's really been breaking through over the last year. Uh, Graham recorded the highest average of the whole weekend in one of the early rounds. OK, it was a, a best of five, much to the chagrin of Sean McDonald and a few others. But Graham won, I think it was his first game of the day, but he won one of his early games anyway. He won it 3-0 against Clive Rule and averaged 112.73. He beat some really good names to, to make his first final on the WDF Tour. Sean Fisher, Kevin McDyne, Jim McEwen and then Ryan Murray in the semi-finals. Graham actually led 3-0 in the final but got pegged back and then Barry took it in the last leg decider. Can't imagine Graham's going to be travelling outside of the UK for events this year but got two EDO weekends left this year as well as the British Open weekend. And you'd fancy him to get some good points at those and potentially, come the end of the year, be in the mix for a World Championship place. And if he continues to improve and the trajectory he seems to be on, I'm not saying he's going to be necessarily a contender to go all the way, but he'd be certainly a contender to do very well and get to the latter stages. The women's uh, tournaments in Wales were also of a high quality and there were two very good finals. Uh, the Classic was won by Fallon Sherrick, who beat Rihanna Sullivan 5-4 in the final. Uh, Rianne led 4-2, and to be perfectly honest, at that point, I thought she had it wrapped up. She seemed to be absolutely flying. 
uh, but she missed a hatful of match darts in that seventh leg. And they seemed to break her, really, because uh, Fallon won that leg to make it 4-3 and then won the next two in quite a straightforward fashion to, to win it 5-4 in the end. Uh, but Fallon wasn't able to do a weekend double and seal an automatic place at the World Championships next year alongside Luke Littler because she lost an absolutely incredible final to the world champion Bo Greaves. Uh, Fallon was 3-0 up in the open final before Bo pulled her back to 3 all. Uh, a run that included a sensational 1-2-5 out on the bull. Fallon then won the next leg to go 4-3 up and within one of the, the title. And with her sat on 140, Bo produced another big finish, this time a 1-5-8 to save the game and force it to a deciding leg, which she won in 15 darts. Just a brilliant standard from both women. They both finished with averages of over 90 and I think it cemented the fact that Bo is right in that conversation for the best woman in the world right now. And of, you know, her, Fallon, Lisa, everyone else on the scene, Bo's got the highest ceiling as far as I'm concerned. Just the way she plays. Um, I remember mentioning it to Tony O'Shea when I spoke to him at Lakeside. It's that check on the third dart in her throw, especially when she's on a finish, that I just love. The adjustment she makes you know, she sees the board and manages that board really well. And, uh, yeah, she's a pleasure to watch. And she's just, I, I watch her and it's frightening to think how much she could achieve and just how good she could be and how good she could be for the ladies' game. But, yeah, I mean, that argument for her being the best in the world or among the best in the world, I know that was doing the rounds on social media on Sunday, especially because she also ended... Lisa Ashton's run in the Welsh Open in her first WDF competition in over two years. That was in the quarters, and Lisa actually led at one point in that game before losing out 4-3. Yeah, so all in all, great darts in Wales, great to be able to, to follow it all. But it was also a great weekend for the WDF Tour because there was a first Asian ranking event since November 2019. Uh, it remains to be seen whether the Asian region will get to the five events they need in a year to have World Championship places, although there are now two more events scheduled uh, in Japan for July. Uh, but they had one this past weekend, the West Japan Cup nonetheless, and it looked really well run. There was a good stream provided by the Federation, and I must tip my hat to the Federation because when the players won the tournaments, they were completely cognizant of the fact that they'd qualified for the World Masters, which immediately puts the Japanese Sports Federation of Darts ahead of many of the other national federations who do not seem to have informed their players that they have qualified for the World Masters at the end of the year. So round of applause to the JSFD. Uh, the men's West Japan Cup was won by Jun Matsuda. He was a 5-1 final winner over Mitsuhiko Ryuna. Uh, Mitsuhiko impressed our friends over at the weekly darts cast with his crane impression during the weekend. The women's West Japan Cup was won by Mikuru Suzuki, who beat Yuki Sakaguchi 4-1 in the women's final. Uh, Mikuru and Yuki both really struggled with the doubles in that game, to be fair. The averages were low 60s for the pair of them. But Mikuru won, and have to say, watching the stream of her final... Her shirt, the Target shirt, with all those sponsors on it, you know, sort of 12, 14 sponsors, is quite the sight to behold. I know when she played at Lakeside in the World Championship, you're only allowed four sponsors on the shirt, and I think it was a similar setup for her, uh, the Women's Series as well. But, yeah, at home she had the, the shirt with everything on it, and it was a 
incredible, really. I'm very impressed. Now I turn my attention to the second guest of this week's show. So the man behind Show Nights Promotions and the 2022 Andy Fordham Memorial Open, which will take place at the Indigo at the O2 in London in October of this year. That's Mr. Wayne Dobinson. Uh, Wayne and I discussed how he got into darts in the first place, his friendship with Andy Fordham, working with the BDO on the last World Championship at the Indigo, where his idea for the Andy Fordham Memorial Tournament came from, how the event will actually work, and much more besides. I'm now delighted to be joined by the man behind Show Nights and the Andy Fordham Memorial Cup, Wayne Dobinson. Wayne, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Andrew. How are you? Very good, mate. Very good to, to get you on the show. The, the main reason you're on, obviously, is to talk about the Andy Fordham tournament later this year. But before we get into that, how were you first introduced to darts all those years ago? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's quite funny. It was, um, Andy knew my mum from years ago. He also knew my ex-in-law's family. And uh, and we, we they had a pub. And Andy was Jenny was down his pub. This weekend, and uh, I was, shall we say, rat-assed. And walked past him, right, Andy, how you doing? And he's like, all right. I sat down and quick word with him. He, and he wasn't looking his best. That was when he he'd lost a lot of weight. He was a bit jaundiced and that. And he, he just, I said, you working? He said, no, he said, I ain't got sponsors anymore. He said, windmill's stuck by me still. He said, but I've had nothing. I've got nothing going. I, as I said, I was a little bit um, tipsy. And uh, I went, well, don't worry, I'll get down the O2. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever done a gig in my life down the ocean. Um but I had contacts down there because I used to run the transport for the whole tour. Oh, sorry, I used to have a cab office at one point. Um, anyway, went, yeah, right, whatever. Like, <laughs> anyway, two weeks later, I've forgotten all about it. And again, I walked past him, but it was a regular thing. And then the pub on a Sunday again, uh, having a few drinks with the boys. And uh, he went, "Oi, what are you up to?" I'm, yeah, I'm all right. You are. Right. Yeah, it wasn't all his promises and false promises. But I went, what are you talking about? <laughs> he went, get me down the O2 to do a show. I went, oh, my God. I went, hey, and I'm so sorry. I, I forgot all about it. He said, oh, yeah. He said, oh, whatever. I said, give me give me two weeks. So two weeks past. I said, I will be doing your, your nutting for some numbers and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we, we got the show up and running. I, I literally, you couldn't believe it. I put a flyer on his back. I went, there you go. We booked it in January and uh, got the backing of the Indigo, sold it to them, called the players in, Windmill got behind me. Yeah, and we smashed it and the very first show, I think we had like 1,200 people there. It was, uh, yeah, and, and that's how I got into, into darts with Andy, basically, to help him. Oh, wow. And then did you sort of start up show nights from there and just sort of success after success after that with exhibitions? We had to put a name to it, and so we come up with show nights. Um, I had the idea of, you know, because I, I had good friends down at Indigo, and, you know, we could talk to them. They knew where I was coming from. They liked, the, they liked what I put to them. So we've done some music shows. I think we've done a Beatles and a Beatles and um, Stones tribute night. You know, so there's a few different things we've done with Eventwise, and we've we worked out of there. And the, the team down there at Indigo absolutely amazing and you know they just they just helped me with with it all and you know managed to we got got that going so uh, that was the main thing and then decided to travel around a bit so we've done a few other shows um went to k2 we've done one in manchester 
you know, we've done a few bits going around and um, and a few little ones as well. And I went for I was going personally for a rough time back then, so two fifteen, two sixteen. So I didn't do as many as I wanted, but um, so but we always done our main event at the at the Indigo at the O2. Every every year without fail, we've done that um, up until obviously the pandemic years. Mm. And those darts exhibitions with Andy, obviously you and him got on really well. What are some of your favourite memories from those exhibitions? Well, Andy, I, I just, Andy was one of a kind. He was, um, yeah, I, you don't realise you miss someone until they're gone, do you? And how close he was. And um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, we got on really well. I shocked him by it. <laughs> you know, I'd say I'd do something and I'd get on with it and do it and that's, that's, that's a fault of mine but it's also a good thing because I don't let it go and anyone in darts that knows me will tell you that well, I'm a pain in the ass. and um, you know, I'm like Jack Russell with a bone if I want to do something I'll, I'll fight the best I can to do it and get it done um, rather than let it, let it wait you know and and Andy liked that in me, you know. He, he thought it was funny as well, but uh, yeah. And you know, he used to, he was he was there for me a lot. You know, when I had a bad time or whatever, he was he was with me. And, um, yeah, and, and uh, so the good the best times, I've got to say, it has to be the K two really. Um, he he came. I'd, I'd sat done the schedule. Of who's playing who? And he, he had to play Eric, and he came up to me and he went. Uh, you have to believe me, say, he can't tell me when you're a wanker. I went, oh my God, why is that? He went, why did you put me up against Eric? I said, well, what, can't you be Eric? What's wrong with you? Well, tell me, He went, he was my idol. He was my idol. He said, how can I go up there and beat Eric? I went, just go and play, will ya? Anyway, go up on the side, don't forget, he, and he laughed about it. We've got this great picture of Eric and him looking at each other. And, uh, on, on the stage and then I was at the end of the bar with Jenny and we had big screens up and I went oh my god Jen look and she went oh yeah I can see it and she, we both knew what we were talking about he went to he had, and he had a little shake he said it was the weight on his arm but I, I think it was a bit of that and maybe a little bit of nerves but he had the shake had gone and I said to Jenny he's going to win this tonight and he did he went and won the K2 event and, and, and after the event he got given the trophy and he came up to me and he said to me, Wayne, can I keep this? I said, yeah, sure, so you find that trophy. He went, brilliant, he said, I want to take it from your mum. I'll never forget that, that's got, that's got to be uh, the most touching memory ever, mm. you know, with, with him. <laughs> and then he, and one of the things was, as we said as well, we're going to do the shows to get him back going again and, and he did and we get him back on telly and as much as I say it, no one will probably agree with like, we're going back, you know, I think all the exhibitions and, and him getting back, giving that little boost. And he then went on for the Grand Slam mm. uh, to get into the Grand Slam. So, and the first three, down, and that's probably one of my other memories, like, you know, first three darts, he's at 188. <laughs> it went downhill from there, but yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a big loss. We'll touch on the event in, in a little bit, but as part of show nights, you were involved with the, the last BDO World Championship because obviously you had the connections at the O2 and you were helping them with that. What were your experiences of working with Des and Paula Jacqueline? <laughs> well, Paula, <laughs> um, 
it's something else. And so is it, Osprey. So is he. Um, yeah, I'd I, I introduced them a long time ago. They'll never admit it in a million years. I've actually got a recording sent to me uh, uh, from one of the AGMs where um, obviously he was Mr. Disciplinary Man at one time. And on my birthday, I'll never forget, he me and said, oh, and they left. I'm up for a disciplinary union. I had nothing to do with the BDO whatsoever. Never played dart. Don't think I went to an event. But uh, anyway, that went by the by, and you know there was loads of. These, they've managed to take over or do whatever they've done, and then obviously they, you know we did. I'd introduced them to the O2. It caused a ma- massive um, issue for me. Um, with regards to how close I was with them at the O2, and I was pushed away from it. That absolutely balls it up massively. I don't know the full story about it. Um, but then towards when I was getting into desperate state, they, I think it was just in December time, it might have been November time, late November, early December, I was asked if I could help. Um, yeah, and I said, yeah, I didn't do it for nothing. Um, and it wasn't to, to help them, it was to help the players. Hmm. Um, and no other reason. Um, it was literally, I literally done it to help the players. There were some days, there was only three tickets sold. I, honestly, I, I, I couldn't, it was, it was unbelievable. So I got involved to help them. You know, we, we helped the families of the, the darts players as well. That was one of the, the simple things, get, get families in, you know, um, doing a deal, get them in make the numbers up, just simple things, you know, um, and that's what I was brought into doing. And knowing the area, and um, with show nights promoting in the areas where it was, it was natural that I should um, get some backing from it. And yeah, and, and as much as I hated helping them, it didn't come into it to be fair, it had to be done because of the players. It would have been, it would have been, a, it was a disaster anyway, but it would have been much worse. It's just a shame the extra sales that were made didn't go into the prize fund that, that was promised. Your name, I think, reached the attention of a lot more darts fans last year because there was the trophy gate with Des and Paula and Wayne Warren and they had the, the trophy taken off Wayne and then you were the person who started up the fundraiser and organised the replica trophy for Wayne. I mean, talk to me about how the idea came about the actual process and then that moment where you were able to give the trophy to Wayne. Um... It was it was absolutely disgusting what was done. All right, he had, he had to have the trophy back. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm I'm not into why that to have the trophy back this that, and the other. But he, Wayne Warren won that outright. That why couldn't he be given that trophy until the next event? Mm-hmm. All right, you know, it's as simple as that. Until the next World Championship, that's all he had to do was to keep hold of it till then. He had no exhibitions. He's got 23 grand of his prize fund, you know, which should have been 100 grand. And, but there's this big thing during lockdown that he, they should get this trophy back off of him. And they have to put this big photo up of, oh, God, I forgot the word of it. Now it's all wrapped up. And mm. It was in front of a BDO thing saying evidence on it. You know, and I've had the police go down there today, collect it. I've done a nine-mile round trip, and no one should be going anywhere. And they've stopped off in London or something. I don't know what they've done. But it was just ridiculous. He's tried to belittle him massively. And and I just thought it was wrong in every every way. Whatever's happened with the BDO, the people, when I say the people, 
owner, everyone in darts owns them trophies. It shouldn't be owned by the BDO, like what's left of it or anything like that. It's got a relevant reference. Hmm. Them, you know what I mean, or anybody else. UKDA have got their bit, uh, you know, doing that. The WDF didn't recognise that because how that was run. Mm-hmm. WDF have taken it on. Now, that was the recognised world trophy. It should have went with them. It should have. I don't know the ins and outs of, of why it didn't. And he had that taken away from him. And I'm, and I'm like, I ain't having this. This is wrong on every level. So I just put a little post out there saying, would we like, could we do a, could we do a fundraiser? I'd like to get this together. Nick Kenny was the first one on it. He's like, bang, put some money in. And all of a sudden, all this money was coming in for, give it, it was a two and a half grand trophy. You know, it's an exact replica um, of, of the World Championship trophy. And, um, and uh, Wayne was overwhelmed. He was just like, oh my God. And he said, it's the people's trophy. And that's what he called it. He called it the people's trophy. And um, and we done it, and we got we got the names around it. It's an exact. The only thing, it, it was all done. The only thing I kept off it, um, just in case anyone said if it was the BDO bit, hmm. but everything else is an exact copy of it all. And um, he said it's not. And Wayne was very insistent. It's not right for me to keep. Um, it's great, but let's put it to work. You know, it was offered to the WDF. Um, they didn't want it. Um, in a nice way, in, in a lovely way, it was, they wanted to do their own thing. It was, you know, time to move on. We offered it to the seniors again. They had a long, hard think about it, but again, it was time to move on. And Wayne said, "Oh, can we do something with the, for the good of this?" You know, I said, "Of course we can." And I, I don't, didn't know what. We was just, we, it was mentioned about charity. Maybe we'll raise money to a charity event with it, or we'll do something. But all right, yeah, whatever needs to be done. He was all over that, and so was I. It was, it was brilliant. And now that trophy, that trophy that you got for Wayne, will be given to the the winner of the Andy Fordham Memorial Tournament in October, which I think is a a lovely touch and does what you and Wayne wanted to. When was it that you actually decided that I want to do something to honour Andy's memory? I'd say Andy was my best mate, and, and I wanted to do something, and I had it in my head I was going to do this uh, benefit for Andy's family. So and and that's. And that's what I wanted to do, but I couldn't get the dates. I'd run around all the players, all the old, all the old players. That everyone, everyone said, "Yeah, we're there, we're there, we're going to come." Everyone, everyone wanted to come, right? And they was all prepared to come on these dates. There was not one person that said no. They was all giving their time up. It would have been the biggest and best exhibition going. Um, but I just physically couldn't get the dates uh, with the venues, and I couldn't tie it up. We just didn't have enough notice to put it on. And then I found out there was going to be one in in Glasgow, um, which was for the family, and which was amazing. That I didn't go myself, but they, you know, Andy's on a, with Jenny and Ray and Emily, and you know, and they, all, they, they all went up there. Well, I don't think Emily did, but... And then I was just like, oh, what should we do? And obviously Andy was the, the trustee of the Heart of Darts. He was Worldwide Ambassador, along with Jenny. Mm. So I said to Jenny, I said, and I didn't feel it was right to do an exhibition. Um, I don't think I, I could do an exhibition now without Andy being there. Um, I think it would be too hard for me personally. 
because he was involved in everything I'd done. But, you know, he wasn't a partner or anything like that. Or many people thought he was. He was just, you know, he was my mate, one of the only mate out. And, and I just couldn't feel that I could, I could do, do one for him. And I just thought, do you know what, I'm going to do an open. And I want to get it sponsored. And what do you think, Jen? What do you think? She said, yeah. And she said, oh, that's a great idea. And I said, all the money goes to the Heart of Darts. She's like, oh, wow, he would love that. And I said, so I had a little chat, a couple of people. So I spoke to Steve Preston, like, involved with show nights with me. And he went, I can get your sponsor. So he, he's, he's put some names forward. And all of a sudden, the sponsors come out and gone, bang, there you go. And give us a lump of money, which was amazing. And then let's do... 100 quid a bowl, and all of a sudden, all this money was coming in. 100 quid here, 100 quid there, 100 quid there. It's just going, uh, and people were going, like, there's 200 quid for that ball. There's two, I'll give you two balls for that. No, there's 200 quid for that ball. And other people come in, and they're like, another 100 quid here, and I'm like, there's 500 quid, but I want my name on the stage. They went, okay, like, <laughs> and all, then all this money was it's just thrown at us. And, and then, I'll go back a bit, but I'd, I'd spoken to the O2, and, and the date that worked well, was and I've, I've looked through the schedule and I'm looking at everyone and I'm thinking, well, there's a free weekend on in October 22nd, 21st. So I double checked, made a phone call to the UKDA and they said, yeah, no, it's county free weekend, there's nothing else going on. And I thought it ties in, it works perfect. And then um, I, put this, I put this event on and I advertised it. And then a couple of, <laughs> sorry, I've got to laugh because a couple of weeks later, this is really funny. But, uh, and, and, and then we, we, we get all, all the sponsorships coming in, some money's coming in. So I've asked, I said to Jenny, can you be financier of it all? So it comes in and it goes straight to her and then she's going to do all the payouts and everything like that. So it's all overseen. There's not not a penny that's going like for profit. The prize fund's covered. You know, the, the costs are being covered. Sue and Wayne Williams have said that if it's for Andy, we're there, we're doing it, put us down, we're coming. You know, so many people are giving up their time Steve O, his ex-manager, is running around like a blue ice fly. We're getting shirts donated. We're, we're getting so much stuff within darts has been thrown at us. We've even got Sam Hawkins' son, Peter, who's uh, done the pentathlon and all that. We've got all dart balls that were signed going back years, years, that Andy signed. Like one of them that was kept, you know, that, that's all come to us. There's so much stuff that's coming to us. To, to be raffled out or to to sell online as an auction, you know. The response, not just from like the venue, but also from charities and also the players, because I mean you've more or less sold out all the spots in the men's tournament now. So the response you've had from everyone has been incredible. Unfortunately, the venue is it's an amazing venue, but it's not the best venue for an open, right? So you know, but. Like a half moon shape, if you like, half half circle shape, and try and get everything in and get everyone in in there. It's going to be. So we've had to cap it. We, you know, we had to cap it at two five six for the men because there's this big disability area, and it costs so much money to take that out. It's like four men over two days take in and out. Right, it's so big, um, and the cheapest I think is about fifteen hundred quid to get that out. And I thought, oh, we don't need to do that, we'll cap it at that. Unless the sponsor comes forward. If the sponsor comes forward, then we can uncap it because we can pay for that to get out. But I can't ask the venue. The venue have just amazing with me um, to just help it, like, honestly, for this event. Because Andy was, 
hero in the area. You know, everyone knew him. You know, the venue knew him. Everyone knew Andy. So being on his doorstep, it had to be done now. So it's, you know, we're we, we going to work. I think we, if we can get the sponsor or raise some money, I don't want to take it out. I promise that every penny from the from the um, the entry fees will go to go to the charity, and that's still my plan. So I'm not going to take 1,500 quid out of the key to, to, to go to that to take that out. But hopefully, if we can get a sponsor forward, that will do it. There's been a couple of chats over it, but we've not had anything finalised yet. And as it stands, we've looked, you know, we're, yeah, we have nearly sold all the places out. I think we're at two, there might be 30 places left. So we're just under 230, I think, um, that have sold entries for the men six months before. It's absolutely astonishing the amount of people that have entered. Absolutely. And, uh, that, and, and the ladies, I think, were on 42, 43. And I think the youth is probably at 14, something like that. But they pay 10 for entry, but they get that back on registration. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, they've they got a few pennies for the day if they need to buy a drink. But most of the turning around say, oh, no, no, we don't want to pay. It's going to go for a donation to the charity on the day, which hmm. is going to be great. Absolutely. One of those men that's uh, registered is me, which is obviously nice. Obviously, I will not be winning the, the trophy at the end of the day, but I know there's a, I know there are some special plans as well, not just for the men's trophy, but the, the women's and the youth trophies. They're trophies that are coming from, from Andy's collection. Is that right? right? So the men's trophy is going to be... Andy has held it. I didn't have a photo of him, unfortunately, but he has seen it and he has held it. But that, that, that will go, um, that's going to be the trophy. It's going to be a perpetual trophy. I think that's the word, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Comes back every year. So, um, and which is going to be the, the main trophy. They'll also get another trophy, but they're, they're a bit special, these trophies that we're, we're getting made. So, so we're going to have a winner's runners-up trophy, the men's, you know, youth and ladies, which they'll get to keep. But the perpetual trophy was, would be the, the World Championship one. Um, which will come back every year, and then the ladies' one is a, a Christian, same trophy for like Andy won this. I'm not sure where he won it, but it's a, a Jenny sent me a picture over, and it's a crystal trophy. Again, petrol that will need to come back every year, um, but they'll also get a trophy to keep. Um, they may not want to take it; they may want us to, you know, to look after it. But they're more than welcome to take it and then bring it back the year after. It's not a problem. That's that's the plan anyway. We hope to carry on doing this every year. Well, I was going to say, you said that, you know, the trophies will come back. So are you planning that if all goes well in October, this will be a an annual staple event for you to put on? I think it's a no-brainer. If, if, we're, if we've got sponsorship um, and we're getting the backing for it, and, you know, it may be next year we can't give as much to charity because we might have to pay more out because we can't get as much funding in. But, you know, if, if we can do it, and there's, there's a way of doing it, it will be done. Um, and in Andy's name, the you know, we'll keep his name going as best he's going. That's, that's the least I could do for him. Um, and for the charity, he, he, they, they, the, the charity will get, you know, a nice few quid every year. It's, it doesn't matter if it's 100 quid that went to the charity. They would be, they would, they would, Ian Waller would grab that with, open arms and, you know, thank you so much. He's so thankful for everything that goes in. There's not a penny that goes into that charity that isn't used for, for good, mm. you know. Um, so 
it'd be nice to give that a little boost, get that back to where it was. Ian's not well himself, but you know, Jenny's still involved in it as well. But he's getting better, and and let's do let's get some more stuff in, in their name and in Andy's name um, for for these kids that you know, it ain't just kids it's with disability that, that need help. Um, let, let's get that get that going again for them. The part of us was a big name in you know the video back in the day. Let's get let's, let's get it back in the dance again, you know. We've even asked prostate cancer, Tracy, uh, to come. She's going to come down on the day as well, so she's going to come down and help us. And we've, we've asked, you know, they're, they're a big part of darts. And Andy, Andy loved Tracy, so we've asked them to come along also on the day. Hmm. We've to be take part in the day. Absolutely. So, so it'll be, it's going to be a great day. Absolutely. Now, talking of the day itself, how's it all actually going to work? I know you said that. I think it's fifty boards you've got for. The tournament so how is it going to work when's it going to sort of all start and then how is it going to work throughout the day until you get to the finals right until i know proper numbers <laughs> uh, this is this is it's really hard to say but everyone's going to know in in you know plenty of time with the plan but i would say 10 half 10 registration um how late it was we'll kick it off um so we're gonna it will be on the day we can. Everyone's allowed in, so if everyone that gets registered will, is allowed to bring a plus one. We haven't charged for a plus one, but we're asking everyone to give a donation, right? So if anyone turns up not with the player, although the plus one don't turn up, they ain't getting in. As simple as that. So we're really strict on it. We've got to be really strict with numbers. So um, it's everyone. Every player that's registered gets a plus one. Unless you're a sponsor, then then you go into a different area anyway. Um, and what happens is they're going to come in, they can have a look around the venue. We're going to ask everyone to go upstairs. Then we've got seven, eight hundred seats upstairs. People can come up there and have a wander with the bar. They can come, and you know we we need to manage areas where we can. Um, and we'll probably start off. You know, people can come downstairs. Don't get me wrong, but we're asking people. It gets crowded. Please go upstairs. There's going to be a bar upstairs as well, um, seating area. We're going to have this onto the big screen as well, a, a lot of games. So that, that'll happen. Um, we will kick off with the men's first and we'll go a round or two with, with them before we start the ladies. Um, definitely. Um, I'm, we're going to use every ball we can to cover because once people have played, if they're out, you know, there's areas they can go in the place upstairs and you know be ready or done next door you know there's loads of there's loads of movement we can we just need to manage the crowd if you like because of the boards and as the day goes on we'll have a short break there's a big team of team of us we'll be putting more tables in there says we're taking some boards out and, and as the day goes on we hope to um we'll be putting all the finals on the stage and we're looking if we can plan this right probably open the upstairs to sell tickets for spectators to come in because there's a lot of people that want to come in. We're going to be doing a tribute on the day to Andy. Um, we'll be putting something together there, so that'll be something not to miss. Um, we've asked, uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a singer called Martin Bell. We've asked him to come along and do some uh, VIP land stuff for me. He doesn't realise and he love it. he'll do it anyway. He, he's going to do a session on the stage. If we've, got, if we've got time <laughs> to push him up to there. He'll love that anyway, Nary. He's finding that out. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's, 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 we're, we're going to do what 
we love doing with the exhibitions. We're going to put some entertainment on it. It's going to be fun. Everyone's going to be enjoying it. It'll be serious in the morning, but as the day goes on, we'll, we'll be doing... We'll be doing some uh, raffles and stuff, but we'll do that. It's not going to be boring with raffles. We're not going to sell raffle tickets there and then pick them out one by one because that kills everything. We'll probably sell all the raffle tickets. And Jenny came up with an idea. She said, let's randomly pick three raffle tickets out, put them in an envelope so we don't know what they are. And we'll just sell the envelopes. We just sell, just sell the envelopes free, free for 10 or whatever because we've got so much going in, um, like prizes-wise. And then we can we can... We can pick out all the numbers and pull pre pre do all the numbers. So we'll probably do a pre sale raffle. Um, so when people turn up, they can see if they've won straight away. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't kill the day and take a lot of time out of the day for us. Pricing wise on the bar, oh, there's so, many, so much I want to tell you. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's not going to go over the top. We kept that down for for the for the world. So it'll be similar to whatever the world's was. People say the O2 is going to cost a fortune. It, it ain't going to ain't going to cost a fortune. Um, it'll be reasonable. Oh, I don't know what else, what else can I say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going. It's, it's going to look so professional. And, you know, and, and, and our sponsors, you know, Copia, they're a, a waste recycling company and a metal re- recycling company, Waste and Metal. They've just, they're just been fantastic. The backing from them has just been Unreal, you know. Windmill, I'm on board as I say would be anyway because of Andy. But you know the UKDA, even they're just like yeah. And and do you know what's nice? UKDA, I can I've got, you know England, England there. We've got England points on on the event as well. Yeah, then we come up with the other idea. We a little bit of sponsorship towards it, and we're giving the the winner and the runner up of the men's um, Q school place. We're going to pay for that. Uh, a Q school entry, so that's you know, and the winner of the ladies, so that's another bonus for them. I'm working on something else now to try and get a prize for a, a nine data if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's, there's things we're trying to do to make it exciting on the day. So it's, um, and I'm sure there's going to be some names turn up like within darts, but Tim Vine. You know, the, uh, the one-line comedian, he's, he's coming, and his mate, he's, he's coming, he's, he's actually playing on the day as well. He's he's, uh, he's, he's entered into it, and he's, he's not a bad star player. So, <laughs> um, little secret as well, I'm trying to get Johnny Vegas there, whether he does or not, uh, it's, it's where we can get him in his schedule, but if, if, it, if it works for his schedule, uh, John, John, Johnny will come down and back us. He's been there for the last couple of years when we've done exhibitions as well, so... Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good day. Absolutely. It sounds absolutely brilliant. And just as a sort of a last thing from me, if people want to get involved, they want to help on the day or they want to enter, where can they get in contact with you or where can they put their entries in? Right, entries are on shownotes.com. Just go on there. You can enter. There's so the youth, men's, ladies, um, you can enter in. As I said, there's not many entries left for the men's. I ain't gonna be uncapped on this uh, unless I can get that sponsored. Yeah. Also, there's people coming down from up north that said, "Is there anything else happening on the Saturday?" So I've put a little one to eight capped event on on the Saturday, um, which is being held at the London County in Plumstead. Mm. So um, again, names are in there. Um, oh. Brian Dawson, John Walton's going to be playing in that. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think now. Neil Duff, he's done it. He's entered it. Um, so on, on all of them. So there's there's some names in, in that are 
entering the pre-event as well, which is not actually anything to do with Andy's, but I've put it on because people are coming over here from Ireland. Um, we've got people coming over from America. We've got people coming from Scotland. I know there's Holland as well people coming from. So it's people coming from all over. So we, we've done that to, to try and fill the weekend out, make it worth you know a bigger reason for them to come over. And all the entries are on that uh, shownights.com. Perfect. Well, it sounds brilliant. It sounds it's going to be a lovely tribute to, to Andy, who is a legend of the sport and obviously one of your closest friends as well. So thank you so much for your time tonight, Wayne. I really appreciate it. The people champion. That's what he is. <laughs> That's what he was. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, going to be, it's going to be a great event. So um, if you haven't entered, enter. And keep an eye out because we're hoping to open it up to spectators in the evening. So get everyone involved if we can as much as we can and I appreciate you uh, you calling really do thanks for your help with it all perfect look forward to playing there myself everyone that's uh, working on the event is playing in it so I'm playing in it Ray's playing in it he's uh, Andy's son Ray Fordham yeah Steve-O his old manager's playing in it yeah just <laughs> got George you know everyone that's, George Cressy Stephen Cressy people that have been helping will help me on the day and be involved with you know the whole team's playing <laughs> gonna play when we get past the first round I know it's a different matter but we're all playing Andy's <laughs> name oh fantastic thanks again Wayne really appreciate it lovely great mate thank you so much I, I really enjoyed that chat with Wayne I hope you did as well it was lovely to hear his uh, infectious enthusiasm for the event in October and to hear some of his stories about his time with Andy and also, the ones about working with the Jacklins as well, which made me laugh. Um, but as I mentioned during the interview with Wayne, I've entered the Andy Fordham Memorial Open myself, and I'm really looking forward to it in October. Drawing Tim Vine would be quite the thing, wouldn't it? But, yeah, if you want to get involved, as he said, head to the Show Nights website. I think there are still some spaces available in the men's competition, as well as the, the women's and the youth. You know, there's that warm-up competition he mentioned on the Saturday, which I think is a double-in, double-out. But yeah, I'll be there during the weekend, so it's a few months off, but if you're going to be there, come and say hello. Might even get you on the show. Uh, but that's all for this week. There are no events this weekend, this coming weekend on the WF Tour. It's a rare, quiet one, uh, but I'll be back next week with a preview of the 2022 British Internationals. Big thank you to James Richardson and Wayne Dobinson for their time on this week's show, and to you for listening. Your support is always greatly appreciated. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF. And you can rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.